Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Housing Market, the podcast where we dissect and discuss emerging trends in today's housing market because a 21st century market requires 21st century strategies. I'm Katie Keaton, Realtor with Realty One Group Pacifica, and I am joined by LaDonna Page, Mortgage Advisor and Liabilities Manager with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Oh my gosh, we're here today, Katie and LaDonna. <laughs> we are on, we are ready. Yes. And I did not take like a single breath during our intro. So I'm a little <laughs> winded, honestly, but it's I okay. Love it. We'll get through it. You guys, this is episode 12. Yes. And last week we kind of prefaced what we would be talking about this week. Um, last week we talked about buying in a seller's market versus selling in a buyer's market. Yes. And so because we've been talking about different types of markets, this week, we're talking about the market shifting here locally. So as a reminder, hello, Not Your Mother's Housing Market is based out of Cowlitz County, Washington. Hello, all of our Cowlitz County listeners. I'm sure <laughs> you're probably the only people listening, except for maybe my sister that lives in Massachusetts. Hi, Angie. <laughs> Um, I love it. I have a lot of people that I know that are listening from out of state also. Katie and I have a following, which yes, is really we, we have a following. <laughs> and and I have to say that this number very directly correlates to the 50 people I know. LaDonna <laughs> has time. been the influencer. She's an influencer. Oh, I'm an influencer now. Let's yes. let's not dissect that. <laughs> Well, we're excited to know that some people are listening out there. Yes. And yeah, we just wanted to preface this by saying, yes, we're seeing a shift in our market here locally. We're talking about local things, but it is a broader phenomenon that's happening as well. Yeah. So like we have our local numbers, but we also have nationwide numbers mm -hmm. that we're pulling from for all of this information because this is becoming a bigger conversation across the nation. Yes. Um, before we jump into the topic, though, of shifts in the housing market, we need to bring you a word from our sponsors. Yes. Not ours. Well, the Kellett's Podcast Network sponsors. Remember, you can find Not Your Mother's Housing Market on kelletspodcast.com. Or other platforms, not your mother's housing market. Yay. Go listen. Yes. <laughs> if you're hearing this, you're already listening. So we've won a battle somewhere. <laughs> um, anyway, we will bring you a word from our sponsors. And then we will jump right into discussing the changing housing market. Take control of your account and make interacting with Calitz PUD easy with SmartHub. Through SmartHub, you'll be able to view detailed usage information, make a payment, enroll in programs, set account notifications, and much more. You'll also receive important news and information about Calitz PUD and can quickly contact us with any issues regarding your service. You'll be able to put yourself in the driver's seat of your Calitz PUD account. Smart management, smart life, smart hub. So, LaDonna, let's talk about the conversations in the mortgage world and that you have been hearing about the buzzing shift in the market, which as we talk about shift, we're talking about home prices slowing down, houses staying on the market a little bit longer. We've had such a crazy year. And honestly, it's been kind of exhausting. Would you agree? I would agree. <laughs> it's been it's been exhausting. I think for everyone, um, I have so many people say to me like, oh, isn't it a great time to be in real estate? Which it is. But also it's very tiring when the market is moving at such a fast pace. Yeah. So um, today we're going to talk about how things are starting to slow down. Yep. So yeah, what have you been hearing? What's the word been around your office? 
things are changing <laughs> is basically the underlying tone of it. Um, not in a bubble pop way, though. Like, the way that a bubble pops is there's just, you know, there's way too much craziness going on. We haven't reached that, nor are we projected to reach that kind of business right now. <laughs> but, and uh, we'll be talking about correction versus crash at the end of this episode. Yeah. So if you're interested in hearing like, okay, people throw around the word correction, people throw around the word crash. What are we in right now? What is the difference between the two? So stick around to the end and we will touch on that. At the yeah, end. we'll definitely hit that. Um, but, you know, we're seeing where, you know, our inventory last year was low our inventory is starting to come back up even though in general our inventory is still considered low it's still in that low bracket it is up considerably over last year yes definitely so um you know we've thrown around numbers here throughout the last episodes of the podcast but um i looked at the numbers today of Callitz county and where we had gotten down to I think at the very lowest, I kept saying 36, and I still stand by that. <laughs> but okay. monthly, um, the lowest we got down to was 43 houses on the market, and we're up to 117 as of today. Right, right. <clears throat> um, and so I've been following quite a few reports. I follow them all the time. Um, it's just part of my job, part of my knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the existing home sales report came out on Tuesday. And existing home sales makes up 85% of the market. And so you guys know existing home sales means that the person buying the house is not the first owner. It's a house that was built in the past Correct. and they are selling it as opposed to new home sales, would, which would be new construction. Right. So you exactly. guys know. So you're saying 85% of the market has been of existing homes. Yes. And okay. I said Tuesday, but and then I realized today is Tuesday. So <laughs> this report actually came out on Monday. Okay. And anyway, so we're up 2% month over month, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're only up 1.5% year over year. But I mean, we're up where we were projected to be down. Of home sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Where we were projecting that home sales were going to drop 20%. Mm-hmm. They've only <laughs> gone up <laughs> um, 1.5% year over year. So okay. that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the medium, median home price has gone down. Um, it's gone down 18%, actually, which and is kind of a big... Is that in the... Nationwide, or is that here locally? Both, actually. Um, If you'll remember back to, I believe it was episode two, I brought in my real estate report card and really kind of showed what what our local market was doing. And I'm looking now at nationwide and market, or general, Mm -hmm. our specific market. Um, That real estate report card pulls a specific market, but... Mm -hmm. um, these existing home sales, they, this is nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it pulls from high-end million-dollar homes <laughs> to mm-hmm. bottom cash, know, cash, cash purchase, 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 which, purchase. Catch purchase. <laughs> cash purchase, which, you know, like, and all of these, all of the different prices 
pull into this median home price of 360 right now. Which, you know, I have a deep hatred. <laughs> For the word median. <laughs> Not the word median. The word median actually rolls right off the tongue. But I hate the concept of using the median average as such a right. big number. I don't think it does justice to the full picture. I mean, if you remember back to the fourth grade, <laughs> medians are just like... <laughs> Who cares what the median is? Right. But we do focus on it because we do use that as a scale. Yeah, yeah. I hate the median. I don't think it says I, that much. I get it. <laughs> um, but, you know, where we're down in our home sales under $250,000, mm-hmm. we're that those home sales have dropped. Right. But the ones that are above $750,000 have gone up. Hmm, interesting. Like there's more of those sales going on than the lower sales. Mm-hmm. So we're that number gets skewed that way. But the reason that our larger home sales are going up is because our rates are low, which gives you more buying power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're seeing some differences in the market. Mm-hmm. But also I think it's interesting. So I'm kind of a... Not pessimist, but (laughs) let's just say I was squeaking about the market changing all the way back around like Memorial Day. I'm like, the market's changing. I know the market's changing. And everyone was kind of like, oh, Katie, the market's not changing. I'm like, this market is changing. I can feel it in my bones. (laughs) Which makes me love you because I was in the same boat with it's going to change i don't know when i don't know how i don't know exactly what's going to happen but i know it's changing yes i could literally feel it percolating in my bones and as i was feeling that i was still seeing like all of the you know realtor targeted ads and the realtor targeted articles i was being sent are like find more inventory you know how to create sellers and we have such a low supply and the market is just going crazy still and in my mind I'm like okay I'm sure in different areas it is but I don't feel as much of that pressure now and now I'm getting articles such as um you know sellers are starting to see their houses sitting on the market longer. Here's what you can do to help them. Here's how to counsel your or counsel your sellers because we're seeing a little bit of a shift. Here's what to do to avoid having to do a price reduction. Like it's caught up to the point now that even national um, journals are starting to target realtors with articles about like, okay, the market's changing. Let's talk about it. Right. I get you and I talked about this in your office earlier, but um, I get basically the same exact emails from probably the, <laughs> probably the same vendors on mm-hmm. these emails of these things and these exact same topics, only it's flipped to mortgage mm-hmm. verbiage versus real estate verbiage. Um, yeah, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there, and I don't think I've mentioned this before, but mm-hmm. I feel like compared to national statistics and trends that Cowlitz County is a little slower to get into the trend, stays there a little bit shorter of a time, mm-hmm. and is out of it a little slower than the rest of the world, too. Maybe not the rest of the world, but... Okay. Nationally. I get what you're saying, slower to come to the trend, but what do you mean slower to fall out of it? So you think that we were, or 
faster to fall out of it? Fall, faster to fall out of okay, it. Okay, yeah. so you're thinking that our cycle happens a little bit faster. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Hmm, okay. I definitely think we're slower to get the trends. I think we are slower to get the boom. But I all I also think we're going to be slower to to lower prices than some places. Okay. Um, which, who knows? We'll see what happens. Right. We get a lot of influence from Seattle and mm-hmm. Portland. We're smack dab in the center of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we, we lean a little closer to Portland, I guess. But we get a lot of influence from both of these places. I mean, mm-hmm. when we moved here, it was huge for us to find something that was relatively close to the freeway because my husband was working out of Seattle. Right. And we were going to live here. Mm-hmm. And... So where we see a lot more Portland workers who live here in Kelso and Mm -hmm. Longview, we still do see some Seattle people. Yeah. Um, It just depends on the market. Um, But I think that we're, you know, where we saw things in Portland and Seattle get really crazy really fast and they were asking for... You know, I, I remember two hundred thousand over asking price. Right, two hundred thousand yeah. dollars over asking price. I remember seeing one go one hundred and ninety thousand mm-hmm. dollars over asking price, mm-hmm. and that I think was the craziest that I personally saw it. Mm-hmm. But then you know, Portland was in that trend of we're going crazy over asking price, and we have huge appraisal gaps, mm-hmm. and we were slower to get into it. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in it a shorter amount of time, mm-hmm. and I think we might come. I, th- I think I think you're right. In the we'll come out of it a little slower because I think we will. our mindset is. I, I think it takes a little longer to change our local market than it does Portland or Seattle. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But okay, yeah. so we've talked about um, different markers that we've seen that are changing the market or different markers that are evidence that the market's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, another little quick piece of evidence is a lot of what was happening is that um, our inventory was low and it started in, I pulled a graph um, just from our MLS. I can pull stats. So most months from, I pulled the last two years, from January um, 2019 until July 2020, there were more houses coming on the market every month than were being sold. So our inventory was staying steady. Mm-hmm. Um, every single month, there was more coming on the market than being sold. That um, The gap started to close. And then all of a sudden, starting in July 2020, and then all the way till now, we've been selling more houses every month than have been coming on the market. But that gap is starting to widen. So where like at the very low, when I mentioned the, you know, 43 houses came on the market in March of this year, and 110 houses sold that same month. Wow. Mm -hmm. So a lot more houses were selling than we could get inventory back up. Right. Um, But... Like I said, the gap's been closing where, like, in July 2021, 122 houses came on the market and 125 were sold. So that's almost back to, like, net zero. 
Right. Which is great. That's exciting. So um, our inventory finally got built up and we're finally starting to see um, more of a stabilization of that inventory. We're, yeah. we're back at about net zero. So like I said, 117 houses on the market currently, and that's been very average. I think it's been from about 109 to 125 um, pretty regularly every time I look at it for the last maybe three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So we're talking about what's happening, but now let's switch to why we think it's happening. Okay. So <laughs> I kind of want to start on this one just because I think one thing that happened was um, the way we were pricing houses just got out of control. So I just want to quickly speak to how houses were being priced for a while there. Um, it really did feel like the horse was getting in front of the cart. Yeah. For a little metaphor that. for you guys. <laughs> um, I love a good metaphor. This one I didn't make up though. And I actually, I love an analogy, but yes. metaphors are, are wonderful as well. Yes. Um, but analogies are where I really shine. <laughs> Toot my own horn. <laughs> as you should. As, as LaDonna yawns. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so I do think prices were getting ahead of themselves. And a lot of what was happening is, you know, as realtors, when we're getting ready to list a house in normal times, and even now, we should be using comps of things that have sold. Right. So, you know, you want to sell your house at the beginning of July, then the comps and things that have sold. Yes, they might have just recently sold, but they went under contract a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. So you're pricing the market on what was happening a month and a half ago when they went under contract. But because the market was like moving at such a breakneck pace, instead of using comps of things that had sold that had, you know, gone on the market a month and a half ago, people were using things that had gone pending that would hopefully sell by the time that we got to the appraisal. So we were we were pricing things off of things that hit the market two weeks ago instead of a month and a half ago. Got it. And so um, some of those things weren't getting appraised in time for our appraisal, and that's what was causing that appraisal gap. Um, but, you know, sellers are watching the market. People that are looking to sell their house, especially in the day of like Zillow, Redfin, all that stuff, you know, you can do your own research. Of course, you're going to be doing your own research. But um, sometimes sellers, you know, you love your house, you have an emotional attachment to your house. So maybe you think your house is a little bit worth more than a realtor might think from right. an outside perspective. Um, but realtors work for our clients. So if the clients are seeing all these houses, you know, down the street going on the market for X amount, and you know, going under contract in a few days, Maybe they're not listening to the realtor that says, yeah, that's great. It went under contract, but we don't know what it's going to appraise for. We don't know what it's going to close for. I feel like it was priced high. You know, the sellers don't want to hear that. Right. <clears throat> so what was happening was we were pricing things um, for what was going to happen. We were pricing things maybe a month further in the future than we should have been. Mm -hmm. And we were listening to our sellers who wanted to list high because we knew it was okay if we did a price reduction. Right. And so you pulled stats for the last seven days in Cowlitz County earlier today. Mm -hmm. And you said that of the 117 houses that hit in the last seven days, there's also been 21 houses that have done price drops, which is 18%. So, yes, you are right, but... 
one little thing I need to tweak and okay. clarify. Tweak and clarify, so, please. There's 117 on the market. They didn't all hit this last week. Oh, okay, got it. So 31 hit the market this last week. Okay. And of the existing 117, 21 had price reductions. Okay. So still 18% had price reductions. Right. 18% of the houses that are on the market had a price reduction in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, seems like we're all start like this is a group effort mm -hmm. of correcting the market versus mm -hmm. versus something falling out from underneath us and all of us to kind of wandering around going what in the world just happened <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I feel like this was a very calculated response yeah well um, and I think part of it too is sellers were kind of saying to their agents Let's just shoot high and see what happens. Right. And in most markets, I think the agents would have pushed a little harder to be like, no, no, we need to price right the first time. Because right. if we sit on the market for any length of time or if we have a price reduction, we're going to have fallen so far out of people's minds that no one's going to notice. Yeah. Where during this market, because the inventory was so low, if you had a price reduction, people were going to take notice of it. And so you could still, you know, get under contract, even if you had a price reduction, it was pretty standard to need one. Right. And so we weren't afraid of pricing high and quote unquote, seeing what happens. Um, but now a lot of people have priced high and seen what happens. And, you know, pricing right the first time is becoming more important again, as it should be. Yeah. So um, one of the articles that I recently read was from Business Insider, and it was three signs that American homebuyers are solving the housing crisis by refusing to pay crazy prices. And where I think this is a rather inflammatory heading for an article. Like, it's clickbait. Yikes. <laughs> it's clickbait. It's clickbait. It's clickbait. I get it. Like you want your title of your article to pop. I think crisis might be the wrong word. <laughs> I think refusing might be the, the very temper tantrum-y sounding. Yeah. But um, once you got into the meat of the article, all of the information was very relevant and really hit home on all of the conversations that we've been having in my office, in your office, mm -hmm. in the mortgage office above you. I had a quick little five minutes with a mortgage lender today that works out of an office in your guys' building. Mm -hmm. and, and Hi, it, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> not giving your name out because I'm better. <laughs> Brandon, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> They're both but, lovely people. But LaDonna's my co-host, so call LaDonna. <laughs> We're both lovely people. I'm not any better than he is. Um, we both have our niches. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was really fun to pick his brain and say, hey, you know, what are you feeling? And have him regurgitate essentially the exact same thing that I'm feeling and that I'm seeing. And it was a nice, mm -hmm. it was a nice confirmation that my office isn't the only one saying this stuff. Um, yeah, it's so funny just as a quick sidebar, but realtors talk so much with each other. We work so closely with each other, whether it's in our office or other offices. Like once you've done a deal with someone, mm -hmm. you've spoken so much at length that you feel like right. a rapport where lenders really don't speak to other lenders that much. Unless they're in your office, obviously. Right. It's so I talk, I talk to my lenders in my office mm -hmm. all the darn oh, time. Oh, of course. Um, I talk to Brandon. I think he's the only other mortgage professional <laughs> I talk, talk to on a regular basis, as regular as Brandon and I talk. Um, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> but you're right. And I think it feeds into, like, each of us has our own thing that we're trying to totally make stand out. Like, we're selling the exact same products. Mm-hmm. And he really, you know, he can't do a mortgage any different than I really can unless his his company is doing in-house mortgages. Um, but, yeah. You know, there's there's so many ins mm-hmm. to it, but but anyway, just an interesting side piece. But anyway, you yeah. guys were talking, and what did you like? What are you thinking? So it's exactly what this article that I referenced mm-hmm. confirms for us: the sales are prices are down from their peak, mm-hmm. which you and I just hit on, mm-hmm. and why we think that it's gone down from their peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then buyer op- optimism is waning. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I have mentioned our halftime phone calls to Mm -hmm. clients where where we're really like having that pep talk of, I know you've put in three offers. I know you've been searching since March, but guess what? You put in one more and this could be it because Mm -hmm. the market has shifted enough that your exact same offer Mm -hmm. from March just happens to be a little bit stronger in today's market because the market has corrected enough Mm -hmm. that that your offer is amazing now. Yeah. And look, you know, you and I had that deal get accepted last week. Mm -hmm. That was the exact same offer that we put out three months ago. Mm -hmm. But this time it worked. Fourth time's the charm. Fourth time's the charm. (laughs) And and we had a halftime phone call with them because they were really tired of putting in offers and getting declined. Mm Mm-hmm. And now they are under contract. Now they're with under a contract beautiful and they're house. super excited. Yeah, with a beautiful house. So, yes, I think that's true. So, I think people have um, buyer's fatigue, and so people have dropped out. And I think another thing that's been happening is um, all the sellers that were waiting for the peak of the market either realized, oh, no, I missed the peak of you the market. <laughs> and so now they're like, oh, gosh, throw this thing on the market as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. And so there's been an influx. Um, but also people... Um, they were thinking about selling their house and they see, oh, I could really get that much. Um, maybe now's the time. And they're feeling a little more confident now that the market is slowing down because they are also a buyer. Right. So it's like, okay, now I feel like maybe I missed the absolute peak, but I feel more confident in getting an offer accepted as a buyer. So now I'm going to list my house and that's just right. helping um, because there's more supply. Yeah. For those buyers. Yeah. But I do think you're right. I think the article's right. Maybe refusing is not the right word, but it kind of is because people got to a point where they're like, no, I'm not spending this much on this house. I'm not paying an appraisal gap. I'm not offering 40000 over. And I think part of it was because they're so sick of getting their offers declined that they're just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm taking a break. Right. And that, you know, that's where those halftime phone calls come in. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where, you know, we go back and we talk about it and figure out, you know, yeah, we've been at this for a hot minute, but things are changing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So anything else that you gleaned from that article that you want to touch on? Um, oh, we've also seen mortgage, mortgage interests sink a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so your mortgage rates have gone up, which... Okay have been projected to do significantly mm-hmm. significantly is a crazy word to be using at this quote three, unquote three, you know whatever rates are at today mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know they're still historically low but they are higher than they were in February mm-hmm. um so where 
the market prices also peaked, the mortgage rates also seem to peak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're all kind of prices are going down a little bit and mortgage rates are going up a little bit. And so that mm-hmm. that affects your buying power again. Totally, totally. And we talked about that last week of yeah. kind of what goes into a buyer's market versus a seller's market. And right. to be clear, we will touch on this at the end, but this is still definitely a seller's market. Absolutely. Um, but before we get to that, so we've talked about what's happening. We've talked about why it's happening. So now what does it mean for people? Yeah. I don't think it's earth shattering. It's just taking a little tweaks in your approach. Um, For buyers, I would say get excited. If you've been looking for a while, I would say get excited, get back in there, get back in there before the other buyers realize that it's a better market. (laughs) Um, Do it fast. Give me a call. We'll start looking at houses. Yeah. Talk to your lender. (laughs) Talk to your real estate agent. Like, Mm -hmm. Get, get back out there. Get the ball rolling mm-hmm. again. This is just you taking your halftime break. Yeah. <laughs> and give it another try if you really yeah. want to purchase a house. Like, um, you can kind of take a breath, actually look at a few houses. There's more than one that's like fits your needs. There's probably 10 that fit yeah. your need. You can actually take a look and get a moment to breathe. Maybe go back twice, which was not a possibility a few right. months ago. Um, but yeah, you still want to write strong offers. Yes. But, um, you're, you're more competitive, even if you don't have, you know, $20,000 to put down for an appraisal gap or you don't have, you know, you have to ask for closing costs. You can still get back in there and be a little bit more competitive than previously. Yeah. So that's really the only change on the buyer side. The seller side, I would say, um, the biggest thing is just really listen to the professionals you're working with on selling your house. Um, yeah. You want to manage your expectations. You're still going to get a high number. Like, depending on when you purchased your house, you still probably have a lot of equity to pull out. But just um, take a breath and just listen to the professionals around you. Um, I would not say now's the time to list high and see, quote unquote, see what happens. Because if you wait too long to make that price drop, you're going to have to make a bigger price drop than if you would have just priced appropriately to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, so, yeah, listen to your agents. <laughs> that would be my biggest piece of advice. I promise you we want to do what's best for you. If we're saying, hey, I think we should list a little lower, there's a reason we're saying it. We're not just, you know, we're not just saying it to hurt your feelings. <laughs> right. Or to hurt your bank account. It's because we want what's best for you. And sometimes pricing a little lower actually ends up with more money in your pocket because more people are looking at the house. Yeah. You'll end up in that bidding war. Bidding wars mm-hmm. are up. Did you know that? Oh, because prices are down. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yes. bidding wars are back. Bidding which wars is are back. Ugh. <laughs> we were like, just like, yeah. oh, buyers, it's a better time. It's like, oh, LaDonna, don't say that to me. That bidding Sorry. wars are back. Bidding wars are up slightly. <laughs> but they are, I will say, I mean, even on my listings, I had, you know, four offers in a day, but we still took an offer that was at asking price. Because, yes, there are more people um, bidding on the houses, but they're not going wild. Right. Their, their agents are actually looking at comps and they're actually offering like based on the comparable sales. That's good. To avoid those appraisal gaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, so I still think it's a good, it's definitely still a good time to be a seller. Oh, and absolutely. it's a better time to be a buyer than it was a few months ago for sure. Yes. Um, but yeah, as a seller, you know, you might want to be a little more flexible with your inspection, 
Mm -hmm. um, like what you're going to fix on the inspection. I think we talked about a few episodes ago that um, sellers were getting to the point where they felt like they held all the power and deals were falling apart more because of it, because sellers were thinking, oh, well, I can say no to everything they're asking for and I'll just go back on the market and get under contract again in a few days. That's not happening as much. Right. If you're going back on the market, yes, you'll still probably get under contract pretty quickly if you're priced appropriately. But, you know, buyers aren't as desperate as they once were, and they might be sticking to their non-negotiables and their deal breakers more tightly than they were a few months ago. Yeah, absolutely. So be flexible. Be willing to work with your buyers. If your objective is to get your house sold and this offer still gets you there and still gets you the margin that you need, um, don't be offended if someone's asking you to do some fixes to the house, especially if they're like issues. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, so I think we've covered most of what we wanted to speak about today, but I think we want to end on why this is a correction and not a crash. Absolutely. So would you like to speak to that first? Uh, no, I'm going to let you actually, because <laughs> you have some stats in front of you. And so I'm going to kind of jump off of that. Okay. So the main thing, hold on, let me find where I put this article. Is not say you had a definition of it. Yeah. So housing market corrections versus housing market crashes. Why don't you just sing a little song while you go to find this? <laughs> not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you're cute, Katie. I'm super not going to sing a song. No. Um, okay, I found it. <laughs> Sorry, that took me a moment. Um, will you sing me a song after no. we record the podcast? <laughs> no? Okay, fine. Um, I'll have to get you in some sort of bet at some point. <laughs> to so make I can me hear, I can hear your beautiful I... voice. <laughs> Don't have a beautiful voice. No, I sing in church. Um, okay, good reason to go. A little in my kitchen while I'm cooking, I'm sure. But mm. <laughs> yes, I'm a car singer. Okay, oh, so yeah. found the article. It is also from Business Insider. Gotta love that. The headline is: Here's the difference between a real estate crash and a real estate correction. So the big thing that they're speaking to is the fact that first of all, corrections happen pretty frequently. Yeah. Crashes are much more um, detrimental and irregular. They don't happen yes. nearly as often. When so, was our last crash? Who 2008? knows? 2008. Yeah. Um, bing, bing. Oh, I'm such a good guesser. <laughs> Not like every single person in the entire universe knows that, but everybody knows it. Anyway, real estate correction and a real estate crash. The big difference is in the house. Price index. Yeah. House HPI. price index. Yeah. What is it called? HPI. HPI. The housing price index. Yeah. So where I spoke to the median house price before, the housing price index actually uh, is a totally different thing. <laughs> okay. So a correction is when the house price index falls more than 10% in a 52-week period. So in a year period, the index goes down by 52%. Um, no. <laughs> in a 52-week period, the index goes down by less than 10%. Yes. So that is a correction. Correct. So that 10% swing, that's okay. When yep. you get over 10% of a drop in the home price index in a year period, that's when you tread into crash territory. Correct. Okay. So we spoke earlier, like you said, at the beginning 
And we talked about the fact that the median home prices have gone down year over year, about 18% at this point. Yep. We can argue about how dumb it is to use median. (laughs) But But we're not going to again. But we're not going to again. (laughs) Anyway, so, ooh, 18% drop in home prices. Right. What does that mean for the home price index in the past 52 weeks? I have a phrase that I shouldn't use, but... <laughs> My eyes are I'm, huge for all you people I'm that can't see me. I'm not going to use it. <laughs> she'll tell me that after. Maybe she won't sing, but maybe she'll tell me this phrase later. <laughs> the things I say off record <laughs> are more colorful. Um, no, so housing prices, yeah, they've gone down a little bit. Prices going down 18%, really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um. If our housing price index goes down, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Okay. That much. That's a that is a big deal. Um, so I will say I'm going to throw some numbers out there, mm-hmm. and they are based on what is called basis points. And I am super not getting into that because I will bore everybody <laughs> to death. My eyes are already glazing over at the at the words basis points. Basis points. I'm okay. asleep right now. <laughs> so, I'm yawning. The housing. <laughs> Index has gone up. Okay. Month over month. April was 331. May is 337 Mm -hmm. basis points. Mm -hmm. We'll do a whole nother podcast. (laughs) I love Katie's facial expression. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, no, we won't. (laughs) Um, She doesn't let me nerd this hard in here. (laughs) That's for a different podcast. You need a mortgage exclusive nerd podcast. Yes. Okay, so there are like 900 different things that go into figuring out what the housing price index actually mm-hmm. is. Um, but we are still, as of the last year, trending upwards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've gone up less than a percentage, but mm-hmm. it's still going up. Mm-hmm. And it's not falling currently. Correct. Okay, so I hope that kind of eases your guys' minds where it's like, okay, a correction is happening. Home prices are going down a little bit. Days on market's going up a little bit. Um, It's not quite as competitive. We all need to manage our expectations a little bit more um, for this market, but we are not in a crash. Right. We are in a correction. Correct. And I also, just as one last little tidbit, um, to kind of speak to the point like, okay, the market's changing, but the market has not swung We are not all of a sudden in a buyer's market. Oh, no. We are still very much in a seller's market. Um, If you want to hear more about the difference, go back and listen to last week's episode. Episode 11. Yes, we discuss um, buying in a seller's market versus selling in a buyer's market. I love that episode. I think it's really good. Yes. But to speak to that, in that episode, we defined what a buyer's market is versus what a seller's market is. A buyer's market is when you have six months of inventory of houses on the market at any given time. So if the number of houses stayed on the number of houses on the market stayed the same, you would not run out of houses to sell for 6 months. At or in January of 2019, we had 2.4 months of inventory. Okay. We got all the way down to less than 2 weeks in March of this year. Right. So January 2019, we were at two and a half months, still definitely a seller's market. Um, We got all the way down to less than two weeks of inventory in March, and we are back up to a month worth of inventory. 
Okay. So we are still trending to being an easier market for buyers, but we are nowhere near a buyer's market. Correct. So that's kind of what's been happening now. And we were in more, even more of a quote unquote, like easier market for buyers back in January of 2019. Right. So we're not even past that point. We're just evening back out. Yeah. So it's okay. We could have a lot more houses come on the market. I welcome you if you are a seller. Come on the market. There are buyers for you. We still don't have enough houses. Put your house on the market. You're still going to get a great price. And for buyers, it's just going to get easier for you to purchase a house. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I hope we didn't scare anyone off today. But I do hope that our listeners did... um, come away with a understanding of what's happening. I know when you're just like taking a cursory look at, you know, real estate news, there are clickbaity headlines. There are headlines of the market's changing, buyer's market, crash and correction (sighs) and all these things. But once you dig into it a little further, you realize it's just an evening out, which is actually really good for the market. Yeah, no, it makes it a little bit more stable, Mm -hmm. which we all love stability. Mm -hmm. Um, I love a good stable thing. (laughs) Me too. Katie, we've been at this for a while now. We're stable. stable. (laughs) Our relationship is stable. The podcast is stable. We're bringing you stability one podcast episode at a time. One podcast episode at a time. Um, And for more tidbits from Katie and LaDonna, follow Business Insider. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We do. Like like I said before, it was really fun that we've all been having these conversations. And then in doing my research to come into this week prepared with some information, not just anecdotal stuff. It was fun to see all of that anecdotal stuff encapsulated and conceptualized into different articles that we were able to pull. And we didn't just pull from (laughs) Business Insider, although we did look at a lot of their stuff. Business Insider (laughs) is good. It is good. And it puts it out there in a way that a lot of people can understand it versus Mm -hmm. just people who follow it every day. (laughs) And hopefully we do the same. Yes, that is my goal. Put it out there in a way that everybody can understand it, not just the few. Exactly. So you are a more informed buyer or a more informed seller. Correct. I want everybody well educated. Mm-hmm. That's LaDonna's whole thing. <laughs> Her whole brand. It is, it is definitely like I spend more time talking to people about how it works versus what we're actually going to do to make it work. <laughs> That's great, though. And with that, do you have anything else to add to this episode? I don't. I think we wrapped it up very nicely. I do as well. So with that... This is this week's episode of Not Your Mother's Housing Market. Episode please, 12. Yes. Please listen along with us. You can find our podcast at calletspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Not Your Mother's Housing Market. And you can always email us your questions or for advice or just to reach out to us at Not Your Mother's Housing Market at gmail.com. Yeah. And we are so happy to have you on this ride with us. And we will speak to you. Next week, stability continues.